So as you guys know that uh, we're in this series, Grace and Faith, Embracing What Jesus Provided. And, and, you know, a lot of this is stepping on a, um, a lot of people's beliefs. Because in the body of Christ at large, you have two different camps, two different belief systems. You have the, the Calvinists that believe that God's in control of everything and nothing happens without Him being in control. And then you have the Arminians that believe that, that you can manipulate, you can use your faith to change God's mind, you can use your faith. Nothing happens without you, you being involved in it. You have to constantly ask forgiveness for your sins because it wasn't complete when Jesus died on the cross. And if you don't, if you don't do something, God won't do something, right? And the, and the truth of the matter is, see, I'm making enemies in both camps because it's in the middle. God did something by His grace, and because He did something by His grace, it causes us to have to react to what He did by His grace, and that's our faith. Our faith appropriates what God has already done. And this morning, it's going to be no different. You're going to have an opportunity to get upset, but that's all right. I'd agree with you, but we'd both be wrong. And no, <laughs> I say that jokingly. And and uh, Ephesians chapter two verse eight. This is a scripture we, we're constantly going back to. This is our foundational scripture of this series. It says, "For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast." And what's so wonderful about our response to faith, or our response to grace, is that God actually gives us. Through the Word of God, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes when you hear the Gospel preached. Faith always comes when the Gospel's preached. When the Gospel's preached, there's, t- there's times in your life that you've, you've preached the Gospel. You shared the Gospel with somebody and you went away sorrowful because they didn't receive and you th- you're beating yourself up thinking, thinking, man, I just screwed it up. I made a mess of that. And, and the devil's just eating your lunch and pop in the bag and and you're thinking I'm never going to share the gospel again with somebody stop if you shared the gospel of Jesus Christ trust the Lord that he did his part faith came faith came faith came the problem was is that they 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 instead of appropriating the grace of God by faith they chose unbelief Really, that's the only choice you have is not to believe. God has done everything He can possibly do to bring you back into His family. He's even given you the power to believe in what Jesus Christ has done. And, but He will not force you to believe. See, Salvation, and, and understand when you, we talk about this word salvation, it's not, don't automatically think going to heaven. Salvation is so much more than just going to heaven, right? See, Jesus, he, he, Jesus didn't die so that we could go to heaven. Jesus died and rose again so heaven could come to earth. So that we, 
could experience the kingdom of God now. And that salvation is that abundant life that Jesus talks about. He said the thief comes to nothing but to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. More abundantly. More abundantly. Are you, are you experiencing abundant life? Are you experiencing it? Because He came to give it. And if we're not experiencing it, someone is off. And it's not Jesus. See, He gave abundant life by grace. But are you believing it by faith? See, people are thinking, that I'm not, I, don't, I'm not, I don't have abundant life until such and such happens in my life. Until I, until I have this certain car, or my marriage is, is, is wonderful, or my kids are stopped being a jerk, or, <laughs> or we have this house, or I have this job, or I'm making this much money. See, that's all in the flesh. You, you're, not, you're not seeing in the Spirit. You're not appropriating it by faith until you see it. If you already have it, then it's no longer faith. And maybe when we start seeing ourselves that I have the abundant life, I have joy, I am fearless, I have peace that passes all understanding. I have relationship with Jesus. Maybe things in the natural will start manifesting when we start saying what we actually have in Christ Jesus. And I'm getting way ahead of myself. Because you're not saved by grace alone, nor are you saved by faith. It's a combination of the two. Grace and faith. And grace is what God has done, and faith is our response to what God has done. Isn't that wonderful to know how simple faith is? How simple. We, we, we turn faith into this very hard-to-understand topic. Do I have faith? Do I need more faith? All, faith is just a response to what God has already done. And in the same way we came into the kingdom of God is the same way that we live in the kingdom of God. Look at this in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. It says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus. How did we just see how you received Christ? You received it by what? Grace through faith. Right? So the same way that you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, now so walk in Him. Now walk in Him. We received it. We've received Jesus by grace through faith. And, and you could not receive Christ if God did not provide Him by grace. Do you understand that? God providing Jesus, the propitiation for our sins, providing Jesus was an act of God's grace. Right? And if He didn't provide it by grace, you couldn't get saved. Right? And if this grace that He provided, what God has provided, does you no good if you don't appropriate what He has provided by faith. So even though God provided Jesus and provided salvation and everything that is in Christ, the full gospel of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God is in Him, 
even though he's provided it all to us, if we do not respond in faith, it does us no good. See, you can respond to salvation to go to heaven one day by faith. But are you responding to the grace of God in everyday life? Are you walking? So walk in Him. Are you walking in Him by grace through faith? Responding to that grace. Do you understand that? It says, Therefore, as you have received Christ the Lord, so walk in Him. Another translation says, so lead your life. We are to lead our life by grace through faith. And that's, that's not talking about spiritual things. That's talking about at the job place, in, in the school, schools, in dealing with your family, in raising kids, in doing the checkbook. Every area of your life, we are supposed to be walking by grace through faith. What does the grace of God, what has God provided by His grace? Peter says that He's provided all things that pertain to life and godliness. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God of our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Do you know that your faith has to be in the past? Your faith is in the past. You have faith in the past. See, if God did not first provide it by grace, you can't have biblical faith. Kingdom faith is only faith when it's appropriating something that God has already provided by grace. See, your faith is responding to something that already happened, right? So when did that happen? In the past. You're, you're never believing for something in the future. You're believing something that's already happened. Isn't it so much easier? Isn't it so much easier to believe in something that's already happened than trying to believe for something that hasn't happened? See, you can use human will. You shared that a little bit today. We have a will in us. There is human will. And, and the world and pagan, new age, they've taken elements of Scripture that has a little bit of truth in it, but it's void of the power of God. And all they're using is their human will. They're using human faith, right? And there are people that are very successful in life just by tapping into the will that God has given them, right? The faith, faith in themselves, Thank God that we don't have to have just faith in ourselves, right? We can have faith in God Almighty. We can have faith in a creator. You can tap into the supernatural faith of God. You can have things happen in your life that should never have happened. You can have blessing happen. You can have promotion happen that you're not qualified for. Why? Because it's tapping into the grace of God. Not your, your will, not your ability, right? That's why it talks about entering into that rest. We enter into that rest in Hebrews 
And it says, let us labor to enter into that rest. It's labor to enter into that rest because it's so hard to put down our faith, our will, our ability, our tenacity, our, God, I'm going to do this and, and, and you bless it. It's so hard to lay that down and enter into the rest of Jesus Christ and say, this is what you said by grace. This is what Jesus provided by grace. And by faith, I'm just going to walk in it. That's, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. And you can get to a place, you can get to the place where it seems like <clears throat> you don't have enough time to keep up with everything that God's doing in your life. And then you have to learn for the grace for that. You have to learn the grace of time. And take authority over time. That's a whole different message. But, you know, we live in a, a time when people are saying, I don't have enough time, I don't have enough time. Yes, you do. You have just as much time as every single other person on the face of the planet. You have 24 hours a day, just like the rest of us. You need to take dominion over that time. And you run time instead of letting time run you. It's the same thing with finances. You take authority over your finances. You don't allow the world and your finances to take authority over you. So, anyways, that's a whole different message. Sorry about the rabbit trail. But you can use human faith. You can use human w will. But there's something different that happens, and, and, and kingdom faith only becomes the supernatural faith of God when it's embracing the grace of God. The, gra the grace of God. That's why faith is always in the past. I mean, look at what we just read. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. What's that word? That one little word, has. Or if you're a King James person, have. Has. What's that word mean? Come on. It's already happened, right? It's already happened. He has done it. You are already blessed. Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Are you embracing the grace of God by faith? You are blessed. Have you ever noticed that most of the body of Christ is always focused on the future? Most of the body of Christ is always focused on the future. One day I'm going to be healed. One day I'm going to prosper. One day I'm going to be set free from the bondage of sin. One day I'm going to be filled with the Spirit. One day God is going to send revival. One day, one day, one day. God's going to do it one day. One day God's going to move. One day God's going to do something new. Something's coming. It's just around the corner. But right now, nothing's happening. See, their faith is always in the future. Listen, God is the great I am. He is not the great I'm going to be. 
Most Christians believe that God can do anything. I've said this many times. They just don't believe that he hasn't done anything. That's not good English, but. That's why we are in a third great awakening. You are seeing people awaken to the truth of what God has done, who we are in Christ, and who we are, who the church is in the earth. People are waking up. And God, they're waking up to what God has already given us. And it, and it says that God has already given us all earthly and spiritual blessings. And they're already in us, in Christ. God, by His grace, has already de- despo- de- deposited, there you go, into your, into your born-again spirit everything that you will ever need for life. The blessing has already been passed out. And if you are still standing and waiting on God to bless you, you are wasting your time. There are so many Christians that are waiting in line for God to bless them. When we just read that He has blessed us, past tense, with all, what's all mean? All means all. You know what it means in the Greek? All. Everything. God has already blessed us with everything in Christ Jesus. God has already given us everything in Christ. In 1 Peter 2.24, it says, And He Himself brought our sins in His body upon the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. See, there's a, there's a truth right there. That because Jesus took sin into Himself, He has saved us from sin. He has rescued from us from sin. Sin shall no longer have dominion over you. And so we can die to sin and live unto righteousness. You don't have to sin another day in your life. And you're thinking, Chad, that's impossible. And if that's true, why do I still sin? That's a good question. You need to ask yourself that more often. If I don't have to sin, why do I still sin? And this is this thing that we have to ask ourselves about all the things that have been provided in Christ Jesus. If this is true, then why is this what I'm experiencing in my life? We need to start questioning that. Because somebody's wrong. I think it, it was Augustine. Augustine. It was Augustine. This is a story I heard. It's a good, good one. But when Augustine, what I, what I heard was when Augustine was uh, born again, before he was born again, he was worldly and, you know, he, he did everything that the world has to offer. And, and he was walk, walking down the street after he was born again and a, a woman from a brothel called to him from the window and said, Augustine, it is I. And he returned the reply, yes, but it is no longer I. See, he understood that he had died to sin and he has become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Do we make mistakes? Do Do we stumble? Yes, but God, by his grace, has provided forgiveness for that, right? His, the blood of Jesus Christ 
is constantly washing you and purging you from all unrighteousness. So when we mess up, we don't, we don't feel like we've lost the presence of God. We don't feel like God has forsaken us, that He's left us, He's abandoned us. We don't have to do a bunch of penance. And what do you mean by penance? I mean, we don't have to pray, we don't have to fast, we don't have to beg God, we don't have to cry, we don't have to serve to get God to forgive us. God has already forgiven us by grace, and all you do is appropriate by faith. Hmm. So if God says, well, let's say this. Here's a question. If you said that you did something, and I didn't believe it, how would that make you feel? If you said that you did something and I, and I, and I didn't believe it, how, how would that make you feel? Would that make you feel good? No, it wouldn't, right? How, how about if you did something and I repeatedly asked you to do it? If, I, if you already did something and I repeatedly asked you to do it, kids, teenagers, young adults, if, if, those that are living under their parents' home still, if, if, you're, if you had a chore, or you clean your room or whatever, take out the trash, and your parents kept on asking you and yelling at you to take out the trash, take out the trash, take out the trash, and you already did it, what would you think about your parents? you think they're getting a little loopy. So what's wrong with you? Right? What do you think when we pray to God, God, please heal me? Is that an insult to God? Look what this says. And He Himself brought our sins in His own body upon the cross so that we might die to sin and live unto righteousness. By His wounds you were healed. What's that word, word, were mean? Past tense. This comes, this comes from the prophecy found in Isaiah 53 where it says, by His stripes, you are healed. And then Jesus confirmed the prophecy of Isaiah in Matthew 8? I don't know. In Matthew, where He healed the multitudes. He physically healed them. And it says, this is in fulfillment to the, pro- the prophet Isaiah, who said, He bore our sickness, He carried our diseases, and by His stripes we are healed. See, the forgiveness of sin, the redemption of us from sin, and the um, healing of the physical body are, part of the, are both part of the atonement, and they always go together. And this is what Peter is saying here. But Peter changes one word. He doesn't say we are healed. He says what? We're healed. Why? Because it's already been done. If God says that by, that by what Jesus did on the cross, you were healed, and then you say, God, please heal me, someone is wrong. Right? If God says, I healed you, in Christ Jesus, you were healed, and we come to Jesus and ask Jesus to heal us, 
One of us is wrong. Someone's wrong. And, and I won't answer this for you, but I think hopefully you can come to the answer. It's either, it's either you're wrong or God's wrong. I'll answer for myself. I'm always wrong. I'm always wrong. If God says that you were healed by the grace He already provided in Christ one and all-encompassing work, then you are healed. Why do we ask God for something that He has already done? Why is our faith always in the future when our faith is supposed to be in the past? Faith is appropriating what God has already done in Christ Jesus. Our faith is in Jesus. If your faith isn't in Jesus, and what Jesus has already done, you're actually in a false religion. But I have symptoms. I have pain. I have a report from the doctor that says I'm not healed. That proves I'm not healed. No, that just proves your physical body hasn't received the healing that God has already given. But according to the Scriptures, God has already healed you. God has already did it. God's already on your side. God provided everything that you needed before you even were attacked by sickness and disease. You see the difference in that? Are you going to, try, are you going to put your faith in, in believing what God has already done? Or are you going to put your faith in something in the unknown? See, it's not blind faith. We don't have blind faith. We have Jesus to look at. We have the Scriptures to look at. Our faith is not blind. Because our faith is in, not in the unknown. It's in what God has already made known. God has already placed His resurrection power within you, right? Do you have, we, resurrection power. It's in you, right? We say stuff like this, but do we believe it? We sing it. And that power is able to heal anything that you're facing. But most, don't even, don't, most people don't even appropriate the grace that God has given us by faith to heal a hangnail or a headache. And then we turn around and think that we're going to be able to do it by, for cancer or a life-threatening disease. See, we're supposed to be living our life constantly like this. We're supposed to be living our life by grace through faith in all areas of life for everything. When we ask God to heal us, you know what that's called? See, this is, this is what is it called when you ask God to do something that he's already done? It's unbelief. It's unbelief. And the church is filled with unbelief. And I know that most of you haven't heard this before. And most of us have a lot of man-made religions thinking that we got to do something to move God. we got to use our faith to move God. we got to pray enough, and then He'll finally hear us from heaven, and He'll wake up and heal us or, or provide for us or get rid of our anxiety and fear or, 
our depression or whatever it might, whatever it is. If we get enough people praying, if I can get a thousand people to pray or a million people to pray, then God has to do something. I'm telling you, you can get the whole world to pray, and God's not going to do anything but what He's already did in Christ Jesus. I mean, how do you respond to someone that is constantly asking for something that you've already given them? You scratch your head and say, they're nuts. There's something wrong with them. You know, people pray. You know, and I've been in a lot of circles lately of people want, praying for a revival, and, and they pray things like, oh God, rend the heaven and come down. Because Isaiah said that. Isaiah said that. You can look it up in Isaiah chapter 64, verse 1. What they fail to understand is Isaiah could say that because God hadn't done it yet. God hadn't rent the heaven. But for us, for us, it's not only foolish, it's just plain unbelief. Because God has already rent the heavens. God has already come down through Jesus. We have an, we have an open avenue right to God Almighty. There's nothing blocking us. People take things from Daniel and, and his prayer life. Daniel was under a completely different covenant. Jesus says, I am Jacob's ladder. Angels are ascending and descending. There's, there's, there's no demonic power that's stopping them anymore. Jesus says, I am the door. And on top of it, in Ephesians, it says that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Your prayers don't have to get past this, the ceiling because your prayers don't have to get past your, the bottom of your nose because you are seated with Christ. You have been baptized. You've been submerged into. You have become one spirit with God Almighty. We can pray in the Spirit. We can pray the perfect will of God in the Spirit. Do you see how the large majority are devaluing Jesus? The large majority of the church are devaluing Jesus. Jesus is our God. Jesus is our God. There is no other God but Jesus. And the Father looks just like Jesus. And Holy Spirit looks just like Jesus. Jesus is our God. I am actually, if I can be open and honest with you, this isn't very pastoral, but I am disgusted. I am disgusted how many believers disrespect Jesus and how they disrespect His awesome, His amazing, His, His, His powerful, redemptive work and what He has done for humanity. Are you valuing Jesus in your life? Is Jesus enough for you? Most say, yeah, I know. I know I know what Jesus did. I know all that stuff that Jesus did. But I need God to do something more. 
What he did wasn't enough. And we don't put it that bluntly. But we think it. We think it. Yeah, pastor, I know that that's what the Scripture says, what Jesus provided. I know that's our inheritance in Christ Jesus. I know that, that this is part of the atonement. I, I understand all that, but you don't understand. I need God to do this. Listen, if He did not provide it in Jesus, and He provided everything, you just got to figure, you just don't know the Word of God. If he, if he did not provide it in Jesus, He will not provide it to you. He, God is not going to do anything apart from Jesus in His redemptive work. You're not going to say a prayer to God and He's going to say, I know that on the cross, Jesus says, it is finished. I know that in the Scriptures it says, Jesus is the author and the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. I know that in the Scripture, I, I, had, I had the Holy Spirit inspire them to write that all the promises of God find their yes and amen in Christ Jesus. But when you prayed that prayer, I realized I missed something. And I guess it wasn't finished. Do you understand that in Christ Jesus, Jesus is the great I am. He is everything. And you are in Christ. You have, have been, has blessed us with all spiritual blessing. We, by His stripes, you were healed. In Psalms 51.10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast away from Cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation and uphold me by your generous Spirit. See, we even sing back bad doctrine. It is unbelief for the child of God to pray or sing this way. David was under the old covenant, David wasn't born again. He did not even have the promises. He didn't even have the grace that you and I have today. Hebrews 13.5 For He Himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You don't ever have to worry about God leaving. Well, Chad, I just feel so far away from God. I feel so distant from God. I feel like I'm going through a wilderness state in my relationship with God. Well, you can go in the wilderness all you want. I'm going to stay on the mountain. The, re <laughs> the, re the, reason why, the reason why people think that God has left them is because they believe that they left God. It says here that He will never leave you nor forsake you. So if you think that God's distant from you. Someone's wrong. Matthew 28, 20. Behold, this is Jesus talking. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Well, my King James. To the end of the age. 
Is Jesus a liar? You know what? No matter what situation you're facing, God's right in that situation with you. God's right there. A lot of people think that God leaves you when you sin. No. He's right there. Jesus never sinned when he walked the earth, but in his body, he's done a lot of sinning. It's not him. You don't understand what I'm saying. Paul goes as far, far, far to say that you are the body of Christ. And he goes, should I take the members of Christ and join them to a harlot? What's he saying? He's saying that even in that, God doesn't leave you. God's right there with you. See, if we walked in the things that Don talked about and that Joyce talked about today, of that constant understanding that God is with us all the time. See, we th- we're the ones that think God's away. That He's slumbering somewhere. That He's, he's busy spinning, spinning the universe around, making sure it's going good. No, you have been joined to God Almighty. You have become one spirit with Him. You have constant 24-hour-a-day contact with, with your Father. He has, can have intimate relationship with you through the Spirit of God. We are not like David that needs to fear that God is going to cast us away from His presence. He said that He would never leave us and that He would never forsake us. That's good news. There, there, there are literally people out there today that think that they have sinned so much that God would never accept them back. The prodigal son, story of the prodigal son, is what God looks like. But what's awesome about what we have in the new covenant is this is that when the prodigal son left his father's house and he spent all his money on riotous living and he was eating out of the pig trough, the father was with him. The father's with you. There are those that think that they've walked so far away from God that, that, that he'll never bring, he, they can't get back. They need to know that God's never forsake them. God... You might think you walked away from him, but he's never walked away from you. He is right there by your side always. That's the good news. They should call that the gospel. This is good preaching. I, I... Amen, Chad. Good job. There we go. <laughs> but anyways, sorry for me being stupid. <sighs> Here's another one. You, you also don't need God to anoint you. You don't need God to anoint you. Jesus said in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. When Jesus went out and preached to the multitudes, we never read that before Jesus went and preached to the multitudes, He went into the back room and He begged and pleaded God to anoint Him. 
You don't read Paul saying that. You don't read Peter saying that. You don't read James or John. You don't read Philip. You don't read anyone saying that they pleaded and begged God to anoint them. But that's exactly what we do. You are either anointed or you're not. God's grace, His favor, does not come on you. And it, and it, it doesn't come and it does not go. We are either anointed or we're not anointed. And what's anointed mean? Most, anointed means it's to smear, to pour upon. When you anoint something with oil, you're, you're putting oil all over something, right? I did that at Christmas, Christmas time. I, I anointed a prime rib. So anointed. So what are we anointed with? We're anointed with God's grace, His favor, His ability. It's all over you. You're slippery. You're like a greased pig. devil can't get his hands on you. Right? Listen, if you're not already anointed, you going and praying for five minutes, is it going to change that? Do we think that our prayer makes God say, oh, they're about to do something. I better anoint them. See, we should want to see God's power. We should want to see God's glory manifest. But it's unbelief to ask God to anoint you when Jesus had already commissioned you to be an ambassador for his kingdom. And hopefully you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you've received his power. See, we need to agree with God's word. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21, now he who established us, establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. When you ask God to anoint you, you are starting from a position of unbelief. See, most people don't believe they're anointed until they get a little twitch. Until they get a little shake. That's the flesh. Our twitches and shakes and the presence of the, God, of, of the Lord in a tangible way, good? Yeah, they're good. They're awesome. But that's, that's not the Spirit. The Spirit, is you can't see the Spirit. You can't, you can't, you, you, you can't, you can't experience the supernatural through the flesh. How do we, how do you, this is another teaching that's, how do you, how do you experience, then what, what are those experiences you have in the spirit? It's your soul. It's your mind, will, and emotion. It's your, it's your mind and lining up with what is true in the spirit. And when your mind lines up with what's true in your spirit, then your will and your emotions affect your body. You know, when, when, you get, when you experience those things, that, that doesn't mean, you know, it's a lot, I've been in church services where, you know, the presence of God was there, and it was wonderful. And someone gets up and say, the Lord has showed up. No. The Lord was always there. If you're not experiencing Him right now, it's not His fault. He's here. He's in your car. He's in your home. When you're feeling lonely, He's there. 
Amen. Amen. Right. Jesus wasn't the one that was lost, right? So when you asked for God to anoint you, it's a position of unbelief. And listen, there's nothing wrong with acknowledging God. God, we're about to go do this. I thank you that you've anointed us. I thank you that you've equipped us. I thank you that the Holy Spirit is here. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. But to beg and plead God to do something that He says He's already done is foolishness. I'm already anointed. You're already anointed. And that anointing isn't just for someone to stand behind a pulpit. That anointing is a grace and it's equipping for you to live your life. It's for you to be on the job site, to do it better than anyone else, to have wisdom and have ideas. You're anointed to be a problem solver. You're anointed to cause things to prosper and have success. You are anointed. First John 2.20 But you have an anointed anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. How about this one? Someone's wrong. It says that we know all things. You have an anointed from you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Why do you why do you're sitting there thinking, oh, I don't your carnal mind doesn't know all things, but your spirit that has been baptized, has been submerged into, has been welded, has been engrafted, has been married to Christ, the mind of Christ, you have the mind of Christ, you know all things. You, we have the ability to tap into the wisdom of God. The problem is, is we don't. Because that takes time. I don't have time to do that. Well, then do it in the flesh. I'm sorry. God has already anointed you and blessed you with all spiritual blessings. The question is, are you agreeing with God's Word? Are you agreeing with that? Is that your declaration? Is your declaration that I am blessed? I am already blessed. And my blessing can never be taken away from me. Because I didn't earn it. Man didn't give it to me. It was given to me by God Almighty and it's part of the new covenant in Christ Jesus. And it's an everlasting covenant. I will be blessed for all eternity. And eternity starts now. As soon as I walked into Christ Jesus, my eternity started. And I have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. I have love. I have love. I am filled to overflowing with love. I have joy. I have the joy of the Lord. Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Right? There I go. Did it again. You have joy. You have peace. I don't need, you don't need God to give, you, give it to you. You don't need Him to give you more. And to ask Him to do that is foolishness. It's unbelief. He won't do it. He will not do it. You might stumble into awakening to what Christ has already done, but He is not, He is resting. God is resting. He's on His throne, kicked back at Lazy Boy style. He, he, he is done. 
He, he's not worried about what's happening in our world. He, he, he's not concerned because he's already provided it all in Christ Jesus. And he has no plan B other than his church. We're the only plan he's got. And he's got faith in us that we're going to carry it out. But Chad, I don't, I don't feel joyful. I don't feel joyful. Well, it's not because God failed to give you joy. You just have allowed the joy of the Lord to get switched off in your life. You've stopped the flow. But I feel anxious. I feel worrisome. It's not because God failed to give you peace. It's because you have allowed the peace that passes all understanding to get turned off. We need to tune into God and what God has already provided. Do you know right now, there, there's, you, you understand this, in your homes, wherever you go basically now, there's Wi-Fi. There, there is all the information in the entire world floating around you. It's, it's, it's here. Everything you need to know that pertains to this world is floating around you right now. We just have to tap into that information. We have to find a way to get into that, that information, right? We have to, and, and you understand that these, the, the Wi-Fi that's around us is first sent by a hard cable to a modem, and then it goes into a router. And the router takes that information that's coming to the, ca into the cable and puts it into the airwaves, right? And have you ever had your Wi-Fi go down? Man, you should see my house. When that Wi-Fi goes down, you know, I can be, whatever I'm doing, I, it's, everything's got to stop. The Wi-Fi's down, right? And it's interesting, so, some people I run across that aren't very tech savvy, they think that it's the internet provider is screwing things up. You know, that they're not sending the signal. That they're not providing my Wi-Fi. They're getting mad at Spectrum or Charter or whoever your, your Wi-Fi or your internet provider is. There's something wrong on their end. And, and, they, and they don't go and look at their, at their router. They don't see if it's plugged in. They don't see if, if the cat shoots through the cord or, or if, that maybe it needs to be rebooted. Right? They always think it's not my fault. It has to be their fault. And that's how Christians are. Christians are the exact same thing. When things happen in our life, in our life the first thing we do is ask, why, God, did you not come through? I don't understand that. I do not understand that. That should be a red flag that your thinking is screwed up. It should be. But for a lot of Christians, it's not. I really have a hard time understanding people that think that God is the one that's not holding up his end of the deal. Sorry, I'm not supposed to say that stuff, am I? That God is the one that is not holding his holding that God is the one that's holding us back. That God is the one not releasing what we need. 
God is not your problem. God is not our problem. God is not even the problem for the lost. God is not our enemy. God is for you. He's 100% for you. He released His grace 2,000 years ago. And He has never stopped. He has never stopped. The reason the church suffers isn't because God hasn't moved. It's because we are not appropriating by faith what He has already done in Christ Jesus. As you have received Christ, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. By His grace, by His grace that has already been given through faith in what He has already provided. Do you understand? Do you understand why your faith has to be in the past? Your present day faith needs to be in the grace that God gave in the past. That one work from Jesus is more than enough. It's an abundant, it's a super abundant supply. Where sin abound, grace did much, much more abound. There is plenty of grace to last for all eternity in Christ Jesus. 2,000 years ago, to be correct, is when God met your need by grace. Amen? Totally different way of, of, of living. Totally different way of seeing. And it will set you free. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You. We thank You for Your grace. Hallelujah. Who is Jesus? And we thank You for the faith. We thank You that we have the faith of Christ. We have been given the measure of faith. We thank You that we can believe that You are good. We can believe the promises of God. We can believe the inheritance of the saints. We can believe that the promises of God find their yes and amen in Christ Jesus. That He is the author and He is the perfecter of our faith. We thank You that we already have an abundance. We have more than enough in Christ Jesus. We thank You that we don't have to worry and, 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 and we don't have to look to the future and, and hope something will happen in the future. Our hope is found in Jesus Christ and what He has already provided by His grace. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would lead us, that you would guide us into this truth, that you would convict us of our righteousness and convict us of who we are in Christ Jesus, that you would show us how to live this life, that you would show us the grace of God and help us to embrace that grace by faith. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.